0: Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Do you want to save money at the grocery store? Eat more organic, whole foods? Cultivate food security and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food
1: With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson.
0: Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Molly Cole of Our Little Acre Farm to talk about her experience with starting her farm in Spokane, Washington. Molly comes from a long line of farmers in Washington State. She grew up on a farm with chickens, cows, pigs, and the occasional turkey. Molly now has two boys and her own acre in Spokane, where she raises chickens, honeybees, and of course, fruits and veggies. She's just getting started and hopes to transform her property into a working, thriving educational farm where she can teach her family and others how to grow their own food. Welcome to the show today, Molly.
2: Hi, how are you?
0: Fantastic. Thanks for being here. Thank you. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today.
2: Uh, Sure, as you said, I grew up on a farm. Um, My parents are farmers. Um, My father grew up in a farm family, and we actually started in the city and then saved enough, and he moved the whole family out to the farm. I have uh, four sisters and a brother, so quite a bit of children. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, so we, my dad farmed hay, mostly wheat, lentils, things like that, mostly monocrops. and then we kind of stuck around the house and did the cows, not for dairy, but we did beef, uh, beef raising cows and chickens and that kind of thing. So I had a really good childhood, brought up in a um, really great home and outside all the time. And I think that kind of solidified my love for outdoors and creating my own food and um, and that kind of thing. So a little later in life, I went to college at WSU, I actually made it in music, so I'd You know, I did what every teenager did and didn't want to do anything that my parents did. I didn't Uh want nothing to do with the farm. Right. (laughs) I was going to be a big rock star. Obviously, that didn't really work out. I still did go to school, but um, ended up... I sell beer and wine now for a living, which has nothing to do with music, but it does allow me um, more free time at home. So after some uh, career searching and some just personal going through a marriage, going through a divorce kind of thing, I finally found the right one and we bought a house in Spokane that had to have an acre and we're kind of slowly turning it into um, a farm so pretty fun
0: fantastic so you said you uh, sell beer and wine right now is that in yes. addition that's in addition to running your farm.
2: Yes, that's. What I would love to to do the farm instead. I'm kind of transitioning, but it actually kind of sparks my interest. We I do a lot of brewery and winery tours. Uh-huh. Um, it is really interesting to see the grapes and the hops. Hops are really interesting to me. We grow hops at our house and grapes, so um, that kind of sparks my interest. And you know, if I can make my own beer and I can maybe make something else my own stuff, so uh, that's where I kind of got that
0: started. Well, you know, it's interesting because for hundreds of years, farmers have been farmers and so it's not all that, it's not all that unusual that you're doing an and to your farm.
2: Right. Yeah. I think we all wish we could do just the farming, but I mean, especially since I'm just starting, it's just not, you know, it's not good for me to do just one at the moment. Not possible.
1: Yeah.
0: My sweetie and I were talking this morning about um, our next move and we're, you know, we're looking at where to go next and she was talking about you know this big farm and doing all this stuff and I kind of looked at her because I'm 55 years old and I kind of looked at her and I said <laughs> uh, when we get there I was hoping just to garden. <laughs> you know? just, yeah
2: that's great. <laughs> yeah,
0: just grow our own food.
2: So mm-hmm.
0: tell me about your farm.
2: Yeah like I said we just kind of started Um, The gardening side, but when we bought the house, it had an old beehive there. There were no bees in it, but it was just an old beehive. It was all broken. Uh And I tried to sell it because I was like, I don't want anything to do with this. And nobody would buy it. So um, (laughs) my fiance, he's a city boy. And so he's like, Well, I don't know what to do with it. And I kind of decided, I'm like, Well, I saw an ad for a beekeeper's course in Washington State. You have to complete a course and get a certificate, certification to have bees.
0: Oh, interesting. So I
2: yeah so I did the course and it actually like completely sparked my interest it was something I really wanted to do so I went ahead and luckily I have really good support with my fiance and he helped me completely rebuild all the hives build me like three or four more hives (laughs) and tables to put them on and stuff and then I did the class met some great people showed me how to get the bees and all that. So now I have um, five hives right now and I'm probably going to have six or seven this weekend because I have to split a couple. But that's just been one of the coolest things I've done. I My two, the two kids, one's 10 and one's six and it's the coolest thing. They've got their little bee suits and they can get right in there and see the oh, eggs and the larvae. Nice. Yeah. So that's been cool. And I've gone to a couple of classrooms and done talks on the bees. So this has been something I really, really like to do. So, that's kind of where the farming started and it grew from there.
0: So, what else you have an acre?
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: what else are yep. you growing?
2: Um, well, we have the chickens. I have uh, eleven hens right now. I've just started laying. There's three three that are laying, so everybody loves to go out and see if there's any eggs. Oh, that day.
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: So we do that, and then I do have quite a big garden back there. Um, We live in an area that's very, very rocky, like to the point where you can't get a shovel in the ground.
0: Oh, my gosh.
2: So, yeah, after listening to lots of your um, podcasts and stuff we've done, I did call the tree people, and they uh, dropped a bunch of wood chips. Oh, yay. Good for you. (laughs) Yeah, we did that, and then he he built me some raised beds back there, too, because we can't really turn the soil (laughs) very well, so... We, did, we have compost set up back there, and um, I'm slowly taking over the yard, trying to convince <laughs> he's a city guy, and he loves a big yard, so I'm trying to slowly kind of <laughs> get rid of the grass. <laughs> so We do have some fruit trees, pear, peaches, apricots, cherries. I try to get my hands on a fruit tree whenever I can. So, oh. yeah, we do the grapes and the hops, too, as well, and lots of raspberries, and um, just the basic lettuces, squash, corn, pumpkins, that kind of thing, so.
0: Nice. So what is your intent for your farm? In the in the bio, was, it mentioned education, so tell me about that.
2: Yeah, I was actually a preschool teacher when I went to college, believe it or not, it was just a random job I had, and it was really cool. Um, I really love being able to inspire other people to do something great, and I really have a strong with the bees, um, it's a huge education thing because we have a problem now. About forty percent of the beehives nationwide didn't make it through the winter. We have—I'm oh sure gosh. you've heard of yeah—the yeah, mites and the colony collapse disorder that's going on. They don't know why. Um, A lot of it they think is from pesticides. So, you know, really educating people. And when you when you spray that Roundup, if you have to spray the Roundup, you know, do it at night before the bees will go out. And mm-hmm. you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: use vinegar, use other things because those bees are bringing it back and they aren't surviving. So. Big group education on that is huge. And then I found just with neighbors and local people, um, our cherry tree just goes crazy now that we have bees. And, oh, yeah. You know, our farm just is our fruit and vegetables will grow better than our neighbors, you know, 20 miles away because we have the bees and they just do such great, great things for the community. So eventually I would love to do a book maybe, um, just invite people to the farm to. To learn to garden grow their own food, and the beekeeping also is a huge a huge deal for me too, so
0: nice, yeah, so one of the things I hear in your speaking is that it's great to have a partner that supports you.
2: It's a huge, huge thing, yes,
0: <laughs> so tell me about that.
2: you know like half the population of america um I have been divorced before, and uh-huh. um, so I learned that lesson, and I very much appreci- can see the appreciation now in having that it just turned 30 years old and I'm at a point where it's, you know, I want to make sure I'm in the right uh, career and the right family setup. And, um, I have someone who just, you know, he fights me on things like, you know, stop taking my yard. I like my grass Uh (laughs) at the same time, you know, when I come in the house with fresh eggs or (laughs) I tell him, you know, the honey, the honey's ready to spin. Let's go, let's go get some honey. Uh, the spinner working, let's spin some honey out. And, he really enjoys it, and he's very supportive. Um, built me my chicken coop just like I wanted it and everything, and doesn't get upset when I bring home an, an extra hen, so uh, it's really great to have that person on your side, even if I don't really know what they're doing yet, but he's, yeah. uh, that's one of my greatest thankfulness in my life of having that, so.
0: Yeah. So what goals do you have for your new business, Our Little Acre Farm?
2: Um, Well, first I just want to um, start hitting some local farmer's markets, um, kind of get my name out there and see where it goes. I really, like I mentioned before, I really want to make this a career, Mm -hmm. um, at least something that will keep us afloat. So it's something I'm really passionate about and I really want to do more of than I have time for at the moment. So I just really want to get my name out there, start doing the farmer's markets. The good thing about my job now is I'm a traveling salesman, so I can put an ad out saying, "Hey, I'll be in this area, and I'm bringing raspberry starts. How many would you want?" <laughs>
0: I'll oh, have nice. a couple
2: hundred. Yeah, a couple hundred raspberry starts in the back of my car when I'm when I'm out selling wine <laughs> some days. So um, it's getting to the point where I can can make some money, but um, it'd be really nice to just kind of start going down that road and. Um, I'd really like to do a book at some point, too. As you know, finding mean, the time for that is a
1: little <laughs> difficult.
0: <laughs> I'm sure, especially with two kids, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you said something a moment ago that it was like, whoa, hold on here, time out. I want to talk about that. And that's... Okay. You have raspberry starts in your trunk? Uh,
2: yes. We, up here in this area, raspberries are uh, just plentiful. Um, uh-huh. And we have... One box of them, and it gives us gallons and gallons of raspberry all summer. They're everbearing, they keep blooming.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: the bees just love them, so I they pollinate them even more. Yes. Anyway, they send out shooters, they multiply double, triple um, in the spring, and they are just, they pop up all over this huge garden, just everywhere. So <laughs> I dig them all up, and I, I put them in paper bags, and I fill them in my trunk, and I <laughs> Put an ad up on uh, Facebook or Craigslist, and I uh-huh. say I'm coming your way, and and lots of people will meet me there and and buy
0: them. So, how cool yeah. is that? <laughs> so you don't really have to do anything; you just bare root them out of the ground and deliver them that yep. way.
2: Yep, and I you know I only dig them that day, so it's not like they're hanging out for days. But they do pretty well as long as they plant them right away. Yep.
0: So, yep. Fantastic. So, yeah. what is the most rewarding thing about farming for you?
2: For me, it's just uh, my family, being able to do it with my family. It's something, you know, everybody has, most people have a job, but they leave the family, go to work, come home. Uh-huh. And uh, being a mom of young kids especially, it's really nice to come home and, you know, it's not, we're not going to sit and watch TV all night. We're going to go see what's in the garden. You know, let's yeah. go see what the bees need today. What, let's go feed the chickens and check for eggs. So it's nice to see that excitement and be able to do things together
0: cool so besides the bees what other kind of livestock do you have in your yard
2: um just the chickens and the bees at the moment and um, we've i've heard a couple podcasts of yours on the goats so oh, yes that might be the next i've kind of been prodding a little bit we'll see what happens on that
0: <laughs> so
2: and the boys our neighbors have horses that are um adjacent uh, to our property so we pretty much um can see those whenever and um, we had turkeys when I was younger, and I don't really want to do with turkeys again.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> so. turkeys
0: are turkeys are challenging. Plus, then you have yes. to uh, butcher them, and
2: exactly. And yeah. the pigs, we had pigs and beef cattle growing up too, and I did don't think I'm quite ready for the larger animal butchering <laughs> yet. Yeah. So, yeah. definitely in the future, but not at the moment.
0: Well, I'll tell you, it's a it's a process. I've I've raised meat birds, meat chickens here at the urban farm, and. Mm-hmm. you know it's a process to get prepared for butchering something do you remember that from when you were a kid
2: oh yeah yeah, yeah we've had like I mentioned we have lost of kids in our family that was you know we had to help with that and we knew that those animals weren't going to be there in the fall you know so it was uh I'm an animal lover I named every animal and I had a hard time with it when I was young and I'm sure I'll probably have to get over it when I'm an adult <laughs> yeah
0: well if you have to go there you know I yeah I raised 25 over about four years I'm raised 20 25 uh meat hens here at oh, the yeah. urban farm and butchered them myself all the way from uh, chick to plate. And wow, I much appreciate now, organic, uh, you know, free range chicken and paying for yes. it. Uh, you know, I'll pay $25 for a bird because I know what it takes to do it.
2: Exactly. You know? Yeah. So That's great.
0: So can you talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you learned from it?
2: Sure. I haven't had too many failures farming yet, cross my fingers, I'm sure it's coming. This one I can talk about that's just happening right now. I do uh, swarm catching for people. I catch swarms of bees that oh, wow. go rogue, or that land in your yard or try to make a home on your barn or whatnot. So I got this swarm, Was really relatively easy and I just trapped them. You can trap them in different ways with different scents in an, in an empty box and put it out in the field. Uh-huh. And uh, so I got that and brought it home. And I usually don't wear a mask or gloves on my bees because they're very nice and they don't bug me. And I'm heavily allergic. And my fiance, as I mentioned before, was watching me. He videotaped it because I like to keep track. And he, you know, told me better put your stuff on. And I was like, oh no, no problem, Go <laughs> no time. And of course, as soon as I open the lid, I get a sting to the face and mm. one to the back of the head. It got stuck in my... The bee was stuck in my hair. And I was running around the yard trying to get it out and uh. he had to hold me down and pull the stingers out and
1: <laughs> so, out.
2: you know, I was just kind of remembering the safety to it. I'm sure I'll have lots of failures on the farm. I just, um, I'm a first year right now and I'm I'm really kind of trying to figure out what grows where. Yeah. Already had a couple watermelon seedlings die on me, so I, I know I can't put them where I have them. But, <laughs>
1: uh,
2: things like that. So
1: yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah. so, what's your takeaway from the bee thing?
2: Well, I definitely wear a mask and gloves every time now, <laughs> no matter what's going on. Bees are trusty If it's cloudy, they will come at you. If they don't like your smell, they'll come at you. I mean, it's just it's not worth the risk anymore for yeah. me. I paid for it for about a week of pain in my face. Oh, so I'll bet.
0: I'll bet. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you consider your biggest success?
2: My biggest success is definitely having the um, the kids. Um, just it was the coolest thing. I went to my son's school to to show the bees to the kids, and he was just so excited. And that's my mom, and she does uh-huh. bees, and bees are so cool. And it was just so awesome to see the kids really kind of love the land and love um, the animals like I do. You know, my parents probably wanted that for me, and it took me a while to figure it out. <laughs> But it's so nice to have them involved and have all the gear. They have their bee suits and their gloves, and they're out there with me, right next to me, doing all of it with me. So I'm hoping to have them at the farmers markets with me, so they can understand,
1: oh, yeah. you know,
2: where the money comes from and that kind of thing. So that's probably my best, definitely my biggest success is is my family.
0: So Kari Spencer, she's my uh, business partner over at Grow Phoenix, and she teaches a lot here at the uh, at Urban Farm U. Um, mm-hmm. One of the one of the things that she has her kids do is uh, save and package seeds. Oh yeah! You know, so there's lots of opportunities for kids on a farm to do something and you know make a little income here and
1: there.
2: Oh yeah, that's definitely, and they they help me out there. Like right now, the only thing that's we're able to kind of harvest as the raspberry starts, so they're out there with me definitely. And pretty soon, it's going to be cherry time. The cherries are turning pink right now, so oh, that's,
0: nice. that's next. <laughs> so you get a lot of cherries.
2: We get a lot. Yeah, we usually can't eat them, so this year we're going to pick them. And I've kind of looked into a couple of things of drying them or freezing them to kind of preserve them a little better. Uh-huh. So we're gonna we're gonna work on that this uh, this coming month. Probably they should be on pretty soon. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's always important. Yeah. I found to have a system in place to yeah. to manage what's coming. Otherwise, you know, you end up with a hundred pounds of peaches, <laughs> and you didn't, you know, you didn't know what to do with them, so they rotted.
2: Exactly, and that's yeah. that's the worst part. Yeah, I don't want to lose any of it. So, yep, yeah, we just um, post on Facebook what's coming, what's going on on the farm. Lots of my friends and family watch that, and then um, like I was saying, I have uh, customers from around the area that watch that as well. So when they are when they're ready, we can post it on there, and then also we like to share with our with our family as well.
0: Nice, nice. So, what drives you?
2: What drives me right now it's just trying to make something new. Um, uh, like I said before, I want to be able to do this as a living, so now I'm just trying to figure out how I can do that uh-huh. um, without spending all my paycheck on groceries. Oh. So. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do now is just I'm trying to be able to, to keep my family fed and also keep them intrigued and educated on what's going on and also kind of figure out what's new and what we can do. Um we've only been in this house for a year, so there's a lot of <laughs> ideas going around the family, like what can we put here and what can we put there and the boys want a playhouse and you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, just kinda of looking towards the future and seeing what I can do with the with the opportunity that I have.
0: Yeah. Perfect. So I'm all about education, and I have to know what book has been most influential for you in your life.
2: Like I said, when I first started with the farm thing, it was the bee, so uh, the Beekeeper's Bible. Uh, I think it was Richard Jones and a couple other people wrote that book. This is a basic, well, it's not really basic. It's very detailed, but for a basic beekeeper, it gives you all kinds of of ins and outs of beekeeping. Um, I'm a huge, um, my age of people is really computer um, technology, so I'm a huge podcast. Yeah, a podcast person, so I listen to tons of podcasts, and that's how I kind of learned about bees mostly in the first place. So I think that's just a huge a huge opportunity for people, too, that may not have time to read or whatnot. So that's where I learned most of it, too, is they have many beekeeping podcasts and obviously your podcasts and other gardening podcasts from all over the world. So it's really interesting. Um, you get a lot of information that way, too.
0: Cool. Tell me about one of the podcasts, one of your favorite gardening podcasts.
2: Um, besides yours the beekeepers backyard beekeepers I believe it is um, is great there's a couple other ones too that are really good but that one's really awesome um, the Kiwi Mana Buzz beekeeping podcast they're out of New Zealand which you think would be kind of weird because oh, they're not nice. from up here right. <laughs> but uh, they also deal with a lot of stuff that we deal with and um, the beekeepers corner podcast from New Jersey and they're kind of Far from me, but they're kind of northern-ish, so we get a lot of the same Mm -hmm. um, problems that the north has rather than the south with bees and gardening, so. Yeah, nice.
0: So, what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners?
2: I mean, everybody says just do it, but um, that's a great one, and I just... I just think it's, even if you just have a small yard or, I mean, I see lots of people with apartments and, you know, just, we don't have room, we don't have space to do anything. Um, I've seen people put beehives up on top of their apartment buildings with the owner's permission and stuff. And that's just, it's so cool what you can do with whatever you're given. You know, you can have a tiny yard or a big yard or a million acres and you can really do something cool with it, whether it be bees or a couple chickens or a couple pots with some vegetables in it you know, any of those kind of things, just to be able to take care of yourself and feed yourself from your own yard, I think is a really great lesson that a lot of people I know my age don't even have on their radar right now. So that idea of just kind of preparing and providing for your own family, I think is really great.
0: So one of the things that I I wanted to ask you when I was remiss, so you keep bees, how much honey do you get and how do you process that?
2: Yeah, um, the honey yield really is so dependent on so many things. Um, I haven't gotten it yet this season, but I'm actually going to probably spin out a few frames this weekend. And a frame, it just depends on how much is in there. But the bees really produce based on the the temperature and the area they're in. Um, We've got a lady in our beekeepers group that lives next to a a city park that's very well maintained. Oh, nice. And her bees is below up. Um, she gets gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons of honey every year. And then we have people who are out in the middle of a farm, which you think would do well, but they're surrounded by monocrops, like, like wheat and corn, and there's no nectar there. There's no flowers. And those bees barely will survive the winter.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, So we're kind of in the middle there. We're kind of in the middle of a rural and city. So we are doing pretty well. I haven't been able to bottle enough to, to sell or anything yet. Um, you definitely want to feed your bees first, so... Oh, yeah. We'll see how I how I do, but yeah, you put it in an extractor, and there's a different way to do it, but an extractor is a big silver cylinder, and it has a basket in it, and it just spins really fast, and it kind of throws the honey out, and then it comes down into a little nozzle, and you put it in a bottle, and that's it, so uh-huh. um, you don't heat it up or anything like that, and it's ready to go. Wow. Cool. yeah it's really cool (laughs) thank
0: thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today Molly it's been a treat chatting with you
2: thank you you too
0: absolutely so how can our listeners get a hold of you
2: yeah we just have the little acre farm Facebook it's just our little acre farm on Facebook you can search it it comes right up and or you can email at ourlittleacrefarm at gmail dot com and those are the best ways to find me
0: fantastic thank you so much
2: Thank you so
0: much. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food Remember, that's garden to 44222 or iwanttogarden.com.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org.